welcome to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Today, we're diving into tips, tricks, and playful strategies for our dogs with those extra curious noses. Our guest today is pro dog trainer, Kev. Kev, would you share a little bit about yourself and tell us about your sniffy dog struggles? Yeah. Hi, Dana. Um, I'm Kev. I've been a PDT since or 2020 um, and found Absolute Dogs due to my um, naughty but nice Labradoodle River. Um, and we had an, a number of struggles which led us to Absolute. And, and I found a lot of answers uh, that we couldn't find anywhere else. And, and so that inspired me to become a PDT and and really just uh, share the love of of games and the knowledge that we're uh, that we found and experienced. So, Kev, you mentioned struggles with River in terms of being sniffy. Um, could you go into more depth uh, in regards to what that looked like? Yeah, absolutely. And I think with with River, it's been one of those journeys of we haven't had your, your typical naughty but nice struggles, I think, or what everybody thinks is naughty but nice, you know, the barking, lunging, um, pulling on lead, sure, but but not the kind of really kind of ones that you'd associate with a, a naughty but nice dog first off. Um, and and we've had like sniffing has been a real struggle for us. And and I was just chatting with uh, with Justin, who's been on a few of the the, the Sexy and a Squirrel podcasts um, before. I was chatting with him just the other day and we were talking about um, my love of cake and he's like well there's much worse vices right and 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 same goes for our dogs and I think you know and and so if we think about sniffing and, and the struggles that you might have um it's not your typical one that you would think is a is a massive struggle area or or a problem if, if we think of it in in those terms um and and there are much bigger struggles to have for 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 many dogs. Um, but for us, it was sniffing where you lose your dog the moment you step out of the door, and you've lost them into this amazing world of scent. Um, and it, and it is, um, and they, and they go off on their own journey, and you've lost them, and and then you don't really get the world to experience together. Um, and so for me, that that's a struggle area. And and I want to experience the world with my dog, and I want to have fun and and be part of her experience. And and for me, the the, the world of scent is amazing. We've got uh, there's amazing trainers and podcast episodes of, of this podcast with like Anne, um, who's an amazing scent trainer, and I love scent work, and I love doing that with River, and just the where they get, where you can hear them get onto a scent, and you get that of their nose. Oh, just that oh makes me go oh yeah love it um and when they indicate and and you know and we've had great podcasts with um kaz the police officer and and she does you know indication and scent um for her job and and actually watching the police dogs work and actually the freeze when they get onto something and that focus are oh, just it's brilliant and i think finding that balance between you know this is where we're having this kind of great experience together um or you know the letting your dog sniff for a pressure release or reward um, or just because they need some downtime. Absolutely. But I think for us, that struggle of you've lost them in the world um, from the second you step outside uh, or you go to do an activity and it's not always appropriate for, for that. And I think that's a struggle area. And, and you know, there are many uh, owners out there with the struggles that we've had. So I think it's useful to talk about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because. Uh... You hear it quite often, you know, my dog just, we go outside and immediately I do not exist. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely, it's definitely been a struggle area 
uh, with River and how do you become sexier than the sniff, right? <laughs> Mind the squirrel. Um, and you know, I think what we need to to understand is where does that where does that come from? You know, uh, and dogs love scent, right? There's no that that's what they're you know their head and their nose and you know it's full of all of these scent receptors and so they're built for that and. Okay, fine. We've got some of the the breed sort of specifics. If you if you think about maybe a beagle is definitely more scent driven typically than than your your border collie, which is more you know eye movement driven. Although not always the case, you get the dogs that didn't read that manual um, for sure. Um, and and so you will get ones that are, you will get a, a border collie that loves to sniff, or you will get a beagle that's more movement driven, but. And, and, and then you've got the crossbreeds of which river is, you know, one, she's a, she's a Labradoodle. So she's very, for her, she's very poodle minded, but very Labrador stomach. So, so she's very much like, where's the food? Um, and, and so that can lead to to the struggles and she's sniffing for for food or because she just enjoys it. And, and dogs enjoy sniffing and, and really dogs become more of what they do every day so when you've got a dog that likes to sniff and they they find that rewarding um they will continue to do that and then it becomes more and more driven and and more and more of of, of that um so kev real quick hmm. for our audience is it okay to let your dog sniff Absolutely. And I, and I, you know, I love letting my dog sniff. And I think for as a, as a kind of a reward, um, or because we're doing it for a task or a job or because she needs some downtime and having one, you know, a sniffy walk, absolutely fine. Um, you know, I, I think they're, they're great, for, especially if you've got a naughty, but nice dog, you know, there's so much that, you know, sniffing can help with in terms of, you know, refocusing or just, you know, chilling out really. And, and part of that kind of calmness and bringing them down from from high arousal sniffing is, is is great for that um and you know i think if we if we didn't let our dogs do that then then it would be a real shame because it's such a powerful ally for us um so yeah i think definitely there's definitely a place for sniffing yeah so in a previous episode we had ann join us just you mentioned ann earlier and she spoke to us about sniffing on cue um so yeah we, for those listening that is definitely a strategy, right? So Kev, um, in terms of tips for those listening, what are your top tips when it comes to having a sniffy dog? Well, I think for having a sniffy dog, I think uh, movement is definitely important because if they're moving, then typically their head is not on the ground. So what can we do to engage them and bring their head up? So really, if we're thinking about where they're spending their time, if they're spending their time with, you know, their nose on the ground more than, say, 50 percent of the time, then really we need to start thinking about where is that value coming from? Can we build value more up? And so games that build upward focus are, are really useful. So I think for me, tricks is one avenue that I really love um, doing with River, because if she's doing a trick um, and we're learning a trick, she's not got her nose on the ground and those tricks that we can take other places and they might be, you know, not really fancy, fancy tricks like, you know, jumping off of me, although that that is one option, but actually nice, you know, straightforward, easily achievable for every dog trick. And, and that might be putting your, their feet on, on an object, whether that's a tree stump or a fence or up on a wall, um, you know, it, it are all great options because it's moving their head from the kind of ground level to more of an upward position. And you can reward also upwards rather than maybe to the floor 
Um, so having a think about that sort of thing, um, you know, so tricks like that. Um, I love uh, Magic Hand. So that's a really great game for us because you're you're rewarding your dog for having their head up off of the floor and they're learning to catch and, you know, they're taking the reward you know, in an upward facing position um, so that so the nose isn't on the floor um, all the time. Uh, obviously, if you know, they miss the food or they drop it, then they get to go off and, and search. And that's OK. Um, you know, it's very much a, a, a nice strategy to have. It's a mechanics thing, though, with man, magic hand. And uh, for those listening, we will put a link in the description uh, so that you can find some more information about magic hand. Um, and Kev, uh, so you've talked about movement. What mm -hmm. other strategies can be used? So we we talked about uh, the reward experience with, like as you mentioned, Anne, um, and it's putting the sniff on on cue. So actually, maybe um, the the go sniff game is a great one, and that's part of um, the, you know the the games club and also the sexy and a squirrel uh, challenge as well. Um, actually, can you put that sniff on cue? And and for me doing a little bit of what I want. So maybe we play a game or we get some focus upwards and then I can reward with that, that go sniff activity and we get to do it together. Um, you know, we're, we're part of that journey together. So she gets to experience, you know, the world and, and through scent and I've actually enabled that. So it's quite a nice um, reward experience for her as well. Right. A great compromise. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, talking on that in terms of those that, you know, how can sniffing be utilized almost as a reward in that in that sense um you know for say um you're out and about and you want your dog to know that choosing you is a powerful tool could you use sniffing as a reward yeah i i think so um a lot of the things that we do uh you know we we talk about value and where is the value and you know whether that typically you know i'm a, I, I like using food for the value because it's very much convenient for me but you might have some low value and high value food um but there's a great podcast episode on working without food and you charge up, you know, a cue like clapping your hands and then you follow that up with, you know, the, uh, uh, an even higher reward experience and the value transfers back to the clapping. And, and the same goes with sniffing, right? So we can take that, you know, a, a sort of a lower value behavior like, uh, you know, going into middle or a little bit of magic hand and then follow that up with the, the sniff activity and the value that, the, that they've got high value for sniffing will transfer back to the behavior that you just did um so it's definitely a, a great strategy to employ and then you can start fading the food rewards or you can start uh, fading the sniff into the, the into the great behavior and, and the the value in the trick or the the activity that you're doing um so it becomes even more high value basically there's a lesser value choice you know and if you and the sniffing is such a reinforcing behavior that if you want to do that behavior which is the sniffing you need to do the other one first and that's pretty for example um i for those that are listening uh maybe that would be you know you want your dog to walk nicely with you right yeah, absolutely and you know and we we think about like loosely walking or, or something like that i think proximity just hanging around you um and just maybe a little bit of focus on you rather than kind of the floor or what else is out there and and but then you can follow that up with you know that that kind of go sniff reward and the pressure release um you know one of the one of the big struggles and we identified with river as a really super trainer actually um kind of made us think about this is 
Rivers go to for sniffing is when she feels under pressure. And whether that's pressure that we're applying because we have some level of expectation um, or whether it's just inadvertent pressure, um, you know, and we were doing some agility training and she was like, I'm going to go sniff instead of actually go and take the jump or, you know, take the tunnel. And we know that she loves those things because she loves doing agility. But she found that actually I'm just going to take this opportunity to just go off and do my own thing for a minute. Um, and it's information. Right. And and actually, can we use something else to kind of release that pressure instead of the sniff? Can it can it be again? Movement's really important. So um, twists and spins, you know, left and right. Um, spins basically um to kind of get her moving can we get her you know feet on me you know clapping um really charging her up and then go and do the activity that we want to do like you know go and take that jump or the tunnel or or whatever it might be and then after that yeah absolutely go and sniff you know fill your boots on that one um instantly another great game to play um is the Thorny boots game which is also in games club so yeah it's definitely um there's definitely a lot of power in 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 those things like movement and but also recognizing you know is your dog feeling pressured and it's maybe inadvertent pressure that you're applying without really thinking about it and it's is there a level of expectation or or is it your dog is applying pressure to themselves because they want to perform for you um you know because they do that their dogs are typically people pleasers right they want to um you know help us out and and be with us and you know and and so is it really that they're that they're feeling that pressure and that's where they're driving that pressure release themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm just thinking when you said that of most dogs and I'm like, Ashiba, maybe not. <laughs> I typically, right. I, I, I'm generalizing. But, and, I, um, and I love Shebas uh, and I've worked with them and uh, they, yeah, I'm sure they have their, they do want to do things as well, but, um, but yeah. So in terms of, uh, just your your example with the agility and um, with her kind of taking that moment to process and to think about what you guys were doing. Um, you said you added movement. So what other strategies have we not covered that maybe our listeners could implement as well? Um, so I think um, sort of a level of management and just understanding, have a look at what your dog's doing and how they're spending their time every day. Um, you know, have a whether you're supervising your dog or not, they will be doing something. Um, and if that is that they're choosing to mooch around with their nose on the ground um, when you're not supervising, and it doesn't mean you have to go and manage that all of the time, but actually just being aware of what they're doing when, you know, but in their spare time, can you employ things like, you know, boundary games instead, maybe move them up to a, a different space. Um, so their nose isn't, you know, necessarily on the floor and give them a job to do. And that, and that might be just go and chill out on a boundary um, rather than just, you know, going around smelling the floor. Um, looking at that kind of what can you implement in terms of management within your your day to day to um, just try, just try, uh, work on the rehearsal of it, because if they're rehearsing sniffing, then you're going to go and you're going to get more and more of the same. You know, I, you're, you're talking about that and it kind of, uh, it just brings to mind that sometimes with our ditch the bowl, uh, when, when some of us implement ditch the bowl, uh, initially, and we're kind of getting used to the idea, um, it's easier sometimes just to scatter some food and it's not what ditch the bowl is about at all. Um, so, but, but for some dogs, that's actually detrimental to them actually being, a, a, uh, maybe additionally sniffy. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. I think um, if we look at the games that we play for for River, um, scatter feeding is not a go to game for her is something that we do very very rarely because it is you know for me as soon as we put that food on the floor we've lost we've lost her for you know five minutes ten minutes um you know and then the next time we go out into that space she's like oh i've got to search this one out again um just in case i missed something before um she's very good um at, at remembering um those those events and those things and uh, and and definitely i've had moments where i've been you know chatting to to somebody and uh, i've been doing some work uh, for absolute where i presented something to a camera and um and and river was with me on one side of me and she was like yes love you dad looking at you great 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 realized i was talking to something she's like i remember there was something smelly all the way down the other end of the field and i liked that so i'm sort of stood there talking and suddenly she's gone and she's like, yep, I'm going to go and sniff that out. And, and you're like, oh, interesting. Um, and so, yeah, when it happens, it's very much like, oh, no, what have I done? What, what can I do now? Um, what could I do to change that? I could have employed her a little bit more. I recognised the fact that she clocked that and was kind of like going to go and leave me. And I kind of went, no, it would be fine. Actually, could I have put her on a boundary? Yes. Could I have employed her in some magic hand while I was doing what I was doing? Yes. Could I have put her into middle? Middle with, uh, I love, um, because she's not a huge dog and, and big, big dogs can do middle, right? Don't, don't get me wrong. She's not a huge dog, but I love when she puts her feet on my feet in middle. It's a great trick. We use it all the time. Um, and it means that her head is not really on the floor because she's looking up or she's looking straight ahead. Um, so those are all great strategies to, to use, um, you know, when you're out and about um and and you're looking to sort of prevent that rehearsal or manage the rehearsal at least um and and these are all great things to consider so kev uh in terms of you know the people they're going to have their their dogs are going to sniff right um and when you're working through it with games-based training uh what does that look like for them yeah, I think we have to recognize that, you know, we we are going to get those moments where your dog goes off and leaves you or they, you know, they find that smell. Um, I think for us, the 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 important thing is to to not nag your dog and and demand their attention because all that's going to happen when you do that is they're going to start tuning you out because you 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 become lost in all of that noise and the experience that they're having by themselves so actually looking at your dog and when they're when they're sniffing there will be a moment that their head comes up just even for a split second so being aware of that moment and mark that and then feed upwards um and then they're going to be like oh hang on a minute what happened there i, I looked up um and and that's a really great interrupter or a great marker even of that of that moment where the nose comes up off the floor but if we nag our dogs then all they're going to do is just you know tune us out even more um right. and that's minute, not what we want to do <laughs> right they'll just be like i'll i'll, I'll check in in yeah. a second yeah, in a sec, I'll come back to you. Yeah, I, I heard you. Or maybe they didn't because they were so lost in it anyway. Um, and and so, yeah, we we become kind of just background noise at that point. Um, but there are definitely things that we can do to prep for that moment as well. So we can do things like an attention noise and and just mark a, a noise just when they're not doing other, other things, kind of like a, a as a positive interrupter and we condition that with you know feeding that noise and it sort of becomes a like a, oh you, you said something um or i like you know charging something up like a oh i ready um so you can build that and you can build like 
you know, are you ready into other things? So you can build that into a, a framework that you you say that you play a game and it becomes charged. Um, and so, you know, I had this in you know, when we were out the other day with River, she was kind of sniffing around. I was like, okay, you've kind of, you know, had a few minutes of this now. It's fine. Um, I'm happy with that. And I was like, right, need to move on. So I was like, are you ready? And she's like, oh, um, you know, what, what's going to go on? And, and it's like, yes, okay, now we can, you know, do something like dash off. Um, so the great, you know, it becomes a game in itself. And she's like, where did you go? You're going to move. What are you going to do? Um, so, yeah, I think uh, it's important to choose those moments and and rather than kind of, you know, just become this noise that they they tune out. I think we've covered quite a few strategies now, um, some great strategies that I think are implementable right away for those that are listening. Um, so, Kev, just real quick, could you just wrap up? Uh, the tips that you've covered over this session, just for everyone, before we go ahead and wrap up our episode. Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, definitely look at where your dog's spending their time, where where, where their nose actually is. Um, looking at, you know, what can you incorporate that builds movement? Um, you know, especially if you've got a, a dog that is quite sticky um, or they're just prone to being nose down, movement-based games. So, you know, and tricks, lovely tricks that bring their head up off the floor. Look at where you're you're marking them and, and where you're feeding that or even presenting the toy um, if they're not particularly foodie. Um looking at where they're spending their time generally and, you know, we're building management into that. So can you put them on a boundary instead and give them something to do like a long lasting chew, build that reward experience through games like go sniff where you give that permission um, and then minimize the rehearsal of things like scatter feeding, particularly if you've got a, a very sniffy dog, um, you know, you can use it, but sparingly, um, you know, and it's a great, strategy for you know if you've if you've got a dog that maybe doesn't like being barked at yes you can scatter feed but it's not my go-to um and and then remembering not to nag them as hard as it is you want to be like you know tapping them on the shoulder going excuse me actually you know let's pick that moment and where they bring their nose up off the floor and so hopefully that's been really useful for everybody and and, and given everyone something to work on straight away if you are not yet sexier than the sniff Thank you so much, Kev. And that wraps up our sensational chat for today. A huge thanks to our guests for sharing some top tips with us. Remember, it's all about understanding and bonding through playing games for your snippy dog. Until next time, stay playful and always be sexier than squirrel.